Welcome to Spellburn, a podcast covering the Dungeon Crawl Classics role-playing game and old-school adventuring. It's time to party like it's 1974. It's our end-of-the-year wrap-up episode of Spellburn, and we're glad that you've all come along for the ride with us in 2013. We couldn't have done it, or at least done it for very long, without you guys out there downloading and listening to the podcast, and most especially, contributing your feedback, emails, and show suggestions. I'm Judge Jim, and with me tonight are my two co-hosts, Judge Joe. Greetings, programs. (laughs) And Judge Jeffrey. Hey, everyone. So, wow, that was a quick... How long have we been doing this podcast now? About six months? Something like about that. about six months. Yeah. That went by fast. It did. It feels like we just started like not very long ago. 18 yeah. episodes in. All right. Well, let's move it over to the tavern. And the first rule of bartending is this. GBTB. Go beyond the book. Go beyond the book. What do you have? Heineken. F*** this. Tavern Talk. Dun, dun, dun. Final episode of 2013. It's December. The weather's been insane. Everybody's sick. It's the cold and flu season. So did you guys get any gaming in the past week or two? I can't say the past week or two, but I, since the last time we hung out, um, I, I definitely got some gaming in. I had a, actually a really great time. Some buddies of mine, uh, Bennett, Bart, uh, David, and I forgot the last guy. My buddy uh, Bennett decided he wanted to uh, help me out with some playtesting. He got all of his friends together that used to game b- back in high school. And uh, we went out to the shed in the back of his house. Uh, Aww. Yeah, on a freezing night. And, uh, they, you know, they played, you know, AD&D and they hadn't played it since. And uh, so I, I ran a little game for him. Actually, it was something I've been meaning to do for a while, which is I, you know, I kind of thought about the game and... I printed out a few uh, stat blocks um, from from another DCC module, and I just basically uh, and I, I did draw a map, uh, like a little wilderness overview map. But I just let the guys run wild, like sandboxy, and just came up with whatever from the top of my head. I love games like that. I, that's what we used to do back in the day. Yeah, it was great. So. You know, I, I, I printed a bunch of pages that, like, uh, pretend like I was flipping through it. It just it was like Ipsum Lorem type of stuff. And uh, like four <laughs> pages, I was flipping back and forth. And uh, so we had this cool adventure. You know, I would pause enough to say, they're like, oh, it's that's obviously zombies or something. And then, I would, you know, okay, then I would, you know, feed those in there real quick. 
you know, I got to the end and, and we had a great time. And so I was like, and here's the adventure. And I threw down, you know, my Epsilon sheets and they're, they're like, oh, cool. You know, (laughs) 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 obviously, uh, you know. They weren't surprised that it came off the top of my head. But I, <laughs> think, I think we had a good time. My, I'm glad you enjoyed my meticulously planned adventure. Thank you, Random Encounter Charts. <laughs> that was going to be some of the funnest sessions where you just sort of run off the top of your head and follow the player's lead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we had a blast, and um, we're going to try to maybe turn it into maybe a monthly thing. But it was really great because, you know, they haven't they haven't played since they played AD&D in high school, maybe like early college. They're like, this is exactly how I remember the game, you know? So I thought that felt good, you know, because I have so much love for the system. Somebody was asking me the other day uh, on uh, Facebook, uh, they like the DCC stuff, but they still want to play AD&D. And how hard was it to convert on the fly, which I think it would be ridiculously simple. But what was your experience? Well, I wasn't really converting uh, AD&D stuff on the fly. I took some uh, some stat blocks off of like Emerald Enchanter and and something else because it was like a level two thing I was working on. Yeah, I, I haven't done that, but I mean, I, I don't think it's very difficult. I mean, you just you know throw the exact same stat blocks, and if if you're killing or, or or not challenging them enough, probably not challenging them enough for for DCC power levels, then you know just adjust on the fly. I was uh, converting. Uh... Michael Curtis's uh, Great Stonehill Laser Massacre on the fly for my group, and uh, ex- except for one time when I forgot to cut the Evil Saucer's levels in half and round them down, I uh, almost TPK'd the party. It was easy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, TPKs, that's, I love those. And, and then, uh, so the only other thing is, man, we haven't had a show in so long. I'm, I'm, uh, I was hoping to pimp my uh, my Glipkarios Gambit game. I'm running Glipkarios Gambit. You know, as the author of the module in in uh, at Gary's Games in Seattle tomorrow, so I put it on the Google Plus for Google Plus community, and I got like three people off of there. So I I think there'll probably be a good turnout, but I wish I'd been able to pimp it on the show. I'm insanely jealous. If I had money for a plane ticket, I'd be there. <laughs> You're too kind, Mister Wampler. Yeah, I saw the post, but just a bit of a trek for me. But I did see the post. Well, it's it's not an official playtest until the King of Elfland has been invoked. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Wreaking havoc for judges everywhere. Oh, dude, uh, Rick Hall's running us through a playtest of uh, Michael Curtis's upcoming adventure. The Poppin one. I can't. The title keeps changing. I'm not sure they're settled on it, but it's something about a magic ring. I'm down to where I'm only allowed to play warriors. I, I told you guys. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I saw that uh, someone posting about that, or you. So, uh, Jeffrey, I know that the uh, snow and ice didn't stop you guys because uh, you've got a whole another podcast recording. Uh, yes, yes, got another room. recording out. We've been playing with my online group. We did. Let's see. They pretty much they started out because we've missed a couple times. They we're doing Americals framed, and it's been awesome so far. They battled their way into a wizard's tower, and it was such a well done wizard's tower that it it was disorienting to them. It worked out really, really well as far as that goes. And then, classic to my players, they threw me for the world's biggest loop at the last five minutes of this week's session. The wizard spellburned twenty to wow. cast to cast planar step amidst <laughs> this big chaotic event that that potentially happens in a miracle was framed. Spellburn twenty cast planar step and transported him and the party to another planet. <laughs> So we wrapped up this week's session with them 
pretty much just appearing on this new planet. They don't know anything about it, partially because I'm not 100% sure what's on this planet just yet. <laughs> but uh, but that's where they're at. And their cleric is, one, having trouble casting on this planet because he worships Manny, a moon goddess. And since this planet doesn't use the same moons, I gave him a minus 2D on a spell checks while he's on this planet. <laughs> nice. He's already, I let them spell I let him spell burn so he spell burned way down. He's doing a minus two D. He's got a nine disapproval at the moment, maybe a ten disapproval. The other wizard in the party is also heavily spell burned down to like fives, I think, in all categories. The wizard that spell burned twenties down to threes and all the abilities. So that's where we left it at the end of last week uh, of this week. I mean, was is uh they have planar stepped them way out of a very problematic situation to another planet. And now we'll see what happens from here. Now, did you freeze like when they got to the planet? Do they know anything about the planet yet? They don't know much about the planet yet. What they know so far is I sort of stuck them in a cave on a big cliff face where the air seemed a little thin. That's really about all they know. And then it's twilight. They don't know if it's because it's almost dark, almost daylight, or if it's just always that. So that's all they know about the planet so far. Because I think I think Jim knows where I'm going with this, man. Barsoom, was, jump! They should I, be able to uh, jump 50 feet in the air. And... Oh, dude, I would do Barsoom in a heartbeat. I did that to my Gamma World players once. Oh yeah. And and that's probably what I'm going to have to borrow from mostly because I don't do a lot of like swords and planet stuff, so it's like a new territory for me. So I, I'm probably going to have to lean heavily on Barsoom. Well, it's a damn uh, shame that Peril, Harley Stroh's Peril of the Purple Planet's not out yet. You just could drop them straight into that. I know that 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 would be awesome. So I'm going to probably borrow heavily from Barsoom and and we'll see how it goes. Should be fun though. I mean, they had a they had a great time. They were pretty excited about it. I think. But it was certainly a loop because I'm like – because they started when they were going to planar step. Their initial idea was just to get out of the tower and back to the temple they call their own. I'm like, okay, that'll be easy. And all of a sudden it transformed into we're going to a different planet because he got like a 36 on a spell check. <laughs> <laughs> Sky high. But it was fun, and it should, it should be a good time. And I'm looking forward to next week to seeing uh, how we uh, how we roll with them being on a different planet. Man, you should totally mess with them. There's no virgins on this planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking eviler than that. They would suddenly see ten thousand of the local inhabitants drop dead and realize that this is the planet that mercurial magic affects, and they could be next at any second. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that actually because they've had that. The, one of them has that mercurial effect. Yeah, so, uh, or they're pissed off at them. <laughs> Yeah. So now one of the players' comments once they got to this planet, they're like, well, at least we don't have any enemies on this planet. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not only does their uh, mercurial magic effect kill people, but it opens up like a scrying portal and they can see them. <laughs> That's the definition of a chaotic party. Okay, <laughs> nobody knows us here. We're clean. <laughs> yeah, that's that was one of his first comments is – so we'll see how it goes. It should be fun. Uh, I got a couple ideas uh, batting around in my head, and it, it'll there'll be fun sessions because there'll be sessions where I don't have them totally pre-planned. You know, I won't be running modules, and I'll be more back to the footnotes on index cards as we go through some of this. But it should be fun. Looking forward to it. But it certainly threw me for a bit of a loop at the end because, like I said, it literally happened like within like the last five minutes of our session, and it's like, okay, you're on a new planet. So it was a good time. It's fun. That's so, awesome. And Americal's Framed was a great mod. We had a lot of fun with that, too. 
Well, I know you and I live pretty close to each other. I got snowed into my house for like four days, so all our games got canceled. I didn't get to do any gaming. We've yet to finish playtesting that uh, Michael Curtis adventure. And uh, so the way that actually helped me was because I spent four days catching up on personal projects and sleep. I usually operate with some pretty good sleep debt going, which uh, leads me to something that is game-related. In 2014, I'll have around four covers for... uh, Jolly Blackburn's Knights of the Dinner Table. Jolly's commissioned me to do some covers. I've gotten a couple in. I owe him a couple more and some single-panel cartoons in the back. Congratulations, man. That's great. Yeah, that is awesome. Very cool. But you and I are just alike, though, Joe, because I can. Uh, I have access to the... I don't know if I should say this out loud on air. You know, I have to put my stuff in Dropbox so I can see some of the other covers other artists are doing. And they're all so good. And they're all so skilled and just real hard-ass good comic book art. And then there's my Bigfoot stuff. But Jolly seems happy with them. And they're going in print, so. I like that. I thought you were saying that what we had in common is that we're older than dirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, topsoil, loam, something like that. And and uh, while we're talking about crazy stuff that's happening towards the end of the year, Kenzer Company, just uh, in uh, cooperation with a uh, film company called D20 Entertainment, just this past week, uh, started a Kickstarter to do a Knights of the Dinner Table live action web series. And if it f- overfunds, it could be an actual direct-to-DVD movie. Oh, I saw that. That looked interesting. Yeah, it definitely looked interesting. Um, so, I mean, anybody listening to this should definitely go. I mean, for a buck, you can get a free copy of Hackmaster, which is just as old and retro as, uh, or not old, but you know what I mean, old school as uh, DCC. And all the way up to if, you know, you've got six grand to dump somewhere, you can be in the movie. You can be an, an extra. <laughs> wow. I used our headshot from this podcast to uh, apply for background biker in bar. As an extra. <laughs> you know, that's so funny. Um, next weekend, I'm going to actually be an extra in um, this movie, uh, Dark Dungeons. Ooh, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. It's an adaptation, I think, of like, you know, that Black Leaf, like Jack Trick, uh, Jack Chick Ch- Tracks. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to be an extra in that. So I'm going to be in a church <laughs> scene or something. So. <laughs> oh, why am I seeing the first five minutes of Rocky Horror Picture Show suddenly? <laughs> Which takes place in Denton, Texas. Okay, well, that's enough of that. How about we uh, summon some emails after this short commercial message? Those who lack imagination. Those who don't care for Burroughs' Martian adventures where John Carter's groping through black pits. Who feel no thrill upon reading Howard's Conan saga. Who do not enjoy the DeCamp and Pratt fantasies, or Fritz Lieber's Fawford and the Grey Mauser putting their swords against evil sorceries, will not be likely to find Dungeons and Dragons to their taste. But those whose imaginations know no bounds will find that these rules are the answer to their prayers. Gary Gygax. Does this sound like the Dungeons and Dragons you love to play? You are not alone. The Save or Die podcast is a twice-monthly podcast that covers all aspects of the pre-millennial game that sets a foundation of fantasy, fun, and friendships for generations. Join DM Liz, DM Mike, DM Jim, and DM Glenn as they discuss the classic role-playing game that set the standard for both games and fantasy in decades past and decades to come. Find Save or Die at www.saverdie.info. Thank you.
got mail. Message for you, sir. Summon email. Okay, let's open up the voluminous email bag and see if we can empty it out for 2013. Sounds good. Again, we have several emails to go through. Got still got lots of people writing in, so that's awesome. Are uh, any of them Daniel Bishop bugging us for another episode? None of them are Daniel Bishop bugging us for another ish episode, though. Yeah, he's just saving that for Facebook and Google+. Plus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, first one is from Darren, and he writes, Hi, Jim, Job, and Jeffrey. I love the podcast and look forward to each one as they come out. Please keep up the great work. I especially enjoy the rules debates you three have and listening to you work through them. My group is learning the game and having the same conversations. My favorite episode so far is the Wizard Duel. This could make a great segment. After listening to the episode, I was able to make a few very minor changes to the rules and come up with a system that has worked very well for players and villains. But enough of that. I have a question. During my home game, a few names come up that I have trouble pronouncing. It's comical how badly I vocalize them. I'd like to hear how you guys pronounce them. Wow. We have a list of names, and I must say... Uh, yeah, this ought to be a lot of fun. <laughs> well, well, let me make a suggestion. Um, I don't know about you guys. I'm terrible at this because I'm partially dyslexic. But let's, how about we, we take turns running through them in sequence, and we'll just spit out the best we can do. All right, I'm That game. sounds like a good way to do it. Sounds good. I, I'm going to jump in there then because I, I always say this one, Ozzy Dahaka. That sounds good to me, man. Yeah, that's, that, I would have gone with that too. You're up, Jim. I was, I was hoping, to get one I, <laughs> hoping to get one I had a shot at. Um, <laughs> this is the frog patron. Yep. Babu Goebbels. Babu, Babu wait a minute. <laughs> Bobug Boobliz. Bobug Boobliz. That's the best I can do. In my group, we usually call him the frog guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Kermit. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the next one, Cadixstat which is uh, a god from page 32 in the book, Cadixstat. Okay. I should, I should just stay out of this and let you guys do it. No, you have to do it because he's... Now, you had a hard one, Jim. Okay. Uh, I always said this one, Yidgril, the world tree, from uh, page 334. Right, just like Yggdrasil. No, well, say it again. Yidgril? Yidgril? I, I always say Yidgril. Yidgril. Okay, I like that. I always have a hard time with that one. It grill? No, you didn't. Um, okay, Obi2Q. Hey, I can pronounce that one. Obi2Q. Yep, I like that. Then that's a patron from page 335. Next one is a spell, Nithul's Porcupine Coat. I wonder who that is because uh, it sounds like something there. The next one is obviously uh, Joseph Backwards, so Hebsoge Fecund Fungi, spell from page 247. Oh, dude. <laughs> My, Michael Curtis is finishing up the Stonehill sequel, and he threw it up on Facebook uh, yesterday. I need suggestions for a name for a dragon, and I gave Repma one more try, and I got shot down. <laughs> I, I'm going to get Repma on something sooner or later. Um, well, okay, the other one doesn't seem bad at all. Itha. I, there's two H's, so Itha. There you go. Okay, and that leaves me with the last one. Palamdibus. Palamdibus, which is a Creature name from People of the Pit, Palamdibus. I haven't actually run that adventure or read it. Oh, I love that one. I actually, I haven't run it either. When all my player, when we, when my group formed, this People of the Pit was one that several of them had either played through or run. So I never really took a close look because I knew I couldn't run it for my online group. So I haven't read it. I've always heard good things though. Yeah, Joseph wrote that one. It's got some good stuff in there. I really like um, 
the uh, there's like these tentacles that move you around and uh, just some you know, some other freakiness. Prior to the tentacle ban, <laughs> right? So yeah, so I'll take a look at that one. So and uh, Darren wraps up. Can you think of any other names people mispronounce? And he finishes with thanks again for the great podcast. Cheers, Darren, aka Judge D. Oh, I am an expert on mispronouncing things because and and what's funny is my original AD and D group from back in the late seventies, early eighties. A bunch of us still know each other, and we had a group consensus about once one of us mispronounced something, we just we just started saying cataplius instead of however you're supposed to say it, and they were always Sahuagin, and I, and I don't think either one of those are correct, but that's what we call those things. Yeah, I always said catablepus. I don't I don't know if that's the right way, and. Sahoygan, I from from listening to Save or Die, I think that's how how it's supposed to be said. Yeah, Mike Swahigan, <laughs> right? I just called him Sahogwin, I guess. Thanks for the thought provoking email, Darren. My tongue yeah. will never be the same. Yeah, thanks, Darren. Okay, it looks like I'm next. So the next email reaches us from James West. So after listening to an episode or two of your podcast, I failed all my saves to resist being compelled to buy DCC RPG. I now own the wizard cover version, and I'm totally in love with it. In two weeks' time, I will visit the horrors of Portal Under the Stars upon my unsuspecting gamers group, gaming group. Sorry, Sandwiched between our regular Star Frontiers game nights. One of my players is James Cote, with whom I believe Judge Jim is acquainted. I certainly am. Will be a hoot. A good time will be had by all who survive. Keep on with the excellent podcast from James West. So who is this Cote dude? Well, James West, you absolutely have to write us again and let us know how it went because I'm dying to see what James does in Portal Under the Stars. Um, James is just a good old Kentucky boy who's from down in my neck of the woods. Uh, We met online and Facebook, and then he came up for CincyCon this past year. And by sitting on top of him, I kept his paladin alive through an entire Tim Cask OD&D adventure until the very end. After we'd completely succeeded and we could have all just called it, we didn't TPK at Tim's table, which is no small thing. We got through the adventure, we succeeded, we're all alive, and then James Paladin just had to mouth the evil saucer one last time, and his paladin got his legs blown off. <laughs> I think with, I remember with, you telling the story in Save or Die, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and James is a good guy. He just, you know, he just got a thing where he just couldn't let something go. And so I'm dying to see how Portal Under the Stars goes for those guys. They're a good gaming group. <laughs> and and in between Star Frontier games, big applause for playing Star Frontiers. That's from back in my day. Right. Well, thanks, James, for the email, and thanks for the encouragement. Yeah, thanks, James, for the kind words. Okay, our next email is from Shannon Ferguson, whom I sometimes know as Angry Monk. He's the DM of our uh, basic D&D online game, and he says, Hey, Burnouts, I really enjoyed the podcast, and I am living vicariously through the Iron Tavern's actual play podcast. Yay, Jeffrey. Is the group really going to sacrifice virgins? How is that going over with the players? You want to stop and answer that? I can answer that. Why, yes, they are. (laughs) And as far as how it's going to go over the players, they really aren't going to have much trouble with it. The whole group covered before is a fairly chaotic group, and it's all just sort of how the game melded. So we've got a pretty much like-minded group of players. So it, they're mature about it, but it, it all, it, it's sort of the game they, they play. And so, yes, they don't really have a problem with doing that sacrifice. It, it should go over well. Now, an interesting thing about that is some of the players had characters that were a little more lawful. 
in a way they had them in their head that don't mesh well with the group. And a lot of those characters are sort of stepping off the side stage or going into early retirement as the, you know, over the year we've been playing, the group has definitely has its chaotic edge to it. But yeah, it, it'll, it'll really happen and uh, it won't bother the players that much. Though it's mainly because it's just a like-minded group of players Shane in a good I, way. Shane and I were actually exchanging emails about this because our group is pretty good goody two shoes and the campaign setting sort of is too i mean uh dm liz and i have somehow gotten a rap in our party for being the bloodthirsty ones because we don't feel like dragging goblin prisoners around we'll just leave them tied up in a room and let the neutral thief go take care of business you know behind our backs that's that's our our big crime so far (laughs) okay and uh shannon continues a question about adventure design it sounds like most of the time you fellows are running pre-made adventure modules or linking them together with some creative transitions is it difficult or any different creating your own adventures with dcc as compared to basic expert dnd or adnd what suggestions would you give the neophyte judge with regards to adventure designs are there pitfalls we can avoid thanks for all the old school goodness you're providing the angry monk shannon well, you're our resident linking adventure expert, Jeffrey. Yeah, I do link together a lot of pre-made adventures. I don't do it all the time, but fairly frequently. And with linking together, the biggest thing I do is just try to tweak the hook into something that's a little more applicable to the to the characters. Uh, and some, that can be the hook or sometimes, let's see, I've got a missing page thing going on in the, the DCC game I'm running. People that have listened have heard. One of the wizards did some research on, on a, a name they'd found. When he went to do the research, he found missing pages. I dropped those missing pages into the Wizard's Tower and a miracle was framed. They obviously weren't written in the module, but just little things like that ties that whole thing together for them. So this wizard they're researching is not out of an adventure they've done yet, but I've sort of planted seeds and hooks to sort of tie them all together. So, you know, that's how I do the the uh, the meshing of different modules together. So far, I think it's worked out pretty well. There's usually a way to adapt things in. As far as creating your own adventures with DCC, I, you guys are obviously able to handle these questions, that part of the question, but I don't think it's difficult at all. In fact, some of my favorite sessions of the game I'm running are the ones where I go into it very loose with my index cards and just sort of, you know, go off of what they're doing. It's a lot of ways I think it's almost easier in DCC because there's not much pressure to justify how something was done. So if if you need this dude to be super cool and he can do it, there's not a lot of questions. They just assume it was either a, a patron helping them out or some spell they don't know about or some item they don't know about. Uh, so in a lot of ways, I find it very easy to uh, even come up with adventures on the fly for DCC. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, Shannon, there's an old judge's trick from way back in the day, and that's called an uncomfortable pause. Because there, in, in DCC games I run, there's 8 to 10 players. And I still use this trick to the day, but it's from the old days. Sometimes you just be quiet for a second and let the other players start chattering about what they think is going on. And you'll hear your own adventure starting to plan itself. They'll start to speculate, well, this was caused by that. And you can just sit there behind the screen and go, yes, that's exactly right. That's what happened. And then they think you thought of it. And it was just the player chatter you were listening to and paying close attention to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's great advice. I've commented a couple times uh, on Twitter every once in a while. If you follow me, I'll, before a DCC game, especially on nights where I'm like, I have no idea what the player is going to do tonight. Or I'll be like, I'm wondering where the players will take me tonight. And it's those very methods that you mentioned, Jim. It's just sort of like sit back. Where do they want to? Oh, you know, that's a good idea. It could be that guy that's behind all this, and you just run with it. So, on think, some yeah. levels, it seems like a sneaky trick, but actually, it makes for a better game because it makes the storytelling more consensual, and they take more ownership in it when they think of it. 
Yes, they have an yeah. easier time believing it. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's much less forced than when you're trying to, you know, get them to take your hook or this hook, and it's easier as the judge to just adapt a little bit and be like, yeah, that, you know, and then just play off of that. The, the other night when I was running the game for the the the, the lapsed players, they're they're like, whoa, what do you think's in here? Zombies? And you know, internally I'm cringing. I'm like, no, come on, not zombies. <laughs> okay, yeah, they want zombies. Okay, so I kind of you know twist it like you know, okay, they're they they're moving automaton like you know, but I, I try to steer as far away from zombies and still give them the zombies they wanted. <laughs> well, you just personally didn't want to deal with zombies, or they were too low level to handle them. Uh, no, I just I'm a little bit sick of zombies. Oh, right, right. It's just. Did you give them all lots of eyeballs? The zombie eyeballs. <laughs> no, no, they were pierced. They were pierced with with these huge gemstones and and crystal shards through their their bodies. Dude, I had my players spooked with some zombies because I called them screamers and they were radioactive and glowed. And and then I did the noise, which I won't do on air. And no, you got to do it. No, you can't say that and not do it, Jim. Yeah, I agree with Joe. They're in the middle of the desert, and I'm like, it sounds like there's just gas escaping constantly through their mouths. And I did that sound, and this one poor girl jumped out of her chair. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 Jeffrey, do you have a sound that you do? No, I don't have. I don't, I'm not very good you're, at the. You're sounds. a liar. You're a liar. You have a sound. <laughs> Let's hear it, Jeffrey. I don't think I do. I don't. I don't really have a sound. Okay, I'm I tried to mimic. Yeah, no, I don't have a sound. I'm going to do my sound. You know, Jim was played game here, and uh, and he gave us a sound. So this is the sound that I do. I jumped in my chair just now. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I I need to come up with a sound. Well, we can help you find a sound right now. What do you think, Jim? (laughs) I think it's time for another email. I'll do. I'll do. Take that as homework. Come up with a cool sound in my in my games. This one's from uh, Stinky One Eyed Ogre. He writes, "Hey, Spellburners! I just wanted to say thanks for having Scott Mathis on the show. It was a very interesting discussion. Looking forward to the hardcover release of Transylvanian Adventures. Keep up the great work you guys are doing. I was glad to see you guys were as excited as I was about the Namtembo Jet." And he writes that he enclosed another uh, Dungeon Denizens bonus submission for us to consider the next time we take a look at some of the Dungeon Denizens. And he signs it sincerely, Stinky One-Eyed Ogre. Well, thanks, Stinky. And your wait's over. Transylvania Adventures just uh, came out in uh, hardback uh, yesterday as we record this, and certainly by the time this comes out. That's right. It did. I saw that announcement. Yeah, and, and to all the listeners, um, I, you know, I, had, I got caught up on the OSR gaming forums the other day. And uh, Stinky One-Eyed Ogre has actually posted a bunch of uh, monsters up there. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if, if the Nantimbo J was up there first or not, but um, there's another. There's a lot of other flavorful monsters he's already posted there. So great job, Stinky. Good job. Okay, next email. Okay, we're in our final email, and this one comes from Chris Yoder, who I'm pretty sure is a Seattle local and has signed up for my uh, Glipcario's Gambit game tomorrow. Sweet. Yeah. So that's kind of very cool. cool. So uh, Chris writes, uh, I've been listening to Jeff Je- uh, Judge Jeffrey's actual play podcast, and it rocks. Thanks, Judge Jeffrey. I have one question: Why didn't your players put your put their weapons and armor into the bag of holding to avoid the trap? And would would that have worked to avoid it? Keep up the excellent podcasting, Clangador. So 
What do you think, Jeffrey? Because my players are not always as smart as they think they are. <laughs> I think they. Just In other words, it would it would have worked if they thought yes. of it. Yes, it certainly would have worked if they'd have thought of it. They didn't think of it, uh, which is sort of funny because in, in not that week session, but uh, the following week session, they did think of using, they had a spot where everything was going to get wet and their torches would have gotten wet. And they thought of it, oh, I'll just put the torches in a bag of holding. Would that work? I'm like, yeah, multidimensional space, that would work. So, you know, they thought of it the next week, but they didn't think of it to get past that particular spot that Chris is talking about in that email. Yes, it would have worked. They just didn't think of it and decided to go try that rope instead. Dude, if your players are running around, if that group's running around with a bag of holding, your number one job from this point forward as a judge is to dunk them in a pool of acid and make sure that thing doesn't save. Yeah, they get lots of use out of that bag of holding. They're always, they've shoved dead bodies in there and skulls. Yeah, they make lots of use of that. Maybe the next spell duel, the evil saucer gets off one hell of a dispel. Magic. Ooh, that's what I should do next time. They just did a spell duel last week. Or yeah. they, they could fall off a cliff on this, on this planet into the world's largest portable hole. Ooh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make it so much easier on you, Jeffrey. <laughs> we, should, we should be doing this coaching off air so they can't be ready for any of this. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for writing, Chris. And thanks for all the emails. You can email us at theband at spellburn.com or on our forums at osrgaming.org. How about we move on to the main part of the show? You are now by yourself, standing in a dark room. The pungent stench of mildew emanates from the wet dungeon walls. Where are the Cheetos? I'm sorry. Bitch, remember when you went out to kill that dragon with them dwarves? Please tell me we're playing for money. Oh, even better than money, you gained experience points. <laughs> Spellburn's Best of 2013. We're going to do uh, Spellburn's Best of 2013. It's just going to be three of us reviewing some of our favorite picks and things. But before I do that, I want to apologize because uh, originally this episode was going to feature James Carpio as a guest. And we were going to talk about his just uh, released uh, Tales from the Fallen Empire setting for Dungeon Call Classics RPG. That's the cold and flu season, all kinds of weather's going on, and everybody's schedules didn't line up, and we weren't able to do that episode. But we are going to have James on as soon as possible, which will be sometime in January, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Looking forward to and, it. And uh, it, it, it wasn't James' fault. We just we had problems. It happens. So uh, uh, we've been doing this podcast for six months, but DCC RPG's been out like about a year and a half, roughly. Yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. And uh, there's just this huge tide change in the popularity of the game this year. I, I saw it at Gen Con. I don't know what you guys saw. Yeah, I, you know, I think I think the game's getting more and more popular. Um, I don't know. I have this theory that, you know, I, I wish that Joseph Goodman would put out, like, the next version or, you know, start planning for it. Like, I think that that's going to be the huge version. And this is the one where, like, you know, the you know, the all the momentum starts brewing. But I don't know. Maybe that's just my own crazy ideas versions i don't want another version well like the annual that they've been threatening us with for a year and a half apparently is starting to get close to publication that would be cool oh that would be cool but i was i was actually joking with joseph the other day in an email that i never want to see advanced dungeon crawl classics rpg (laughs) oh come on i'm in that boat i'm not i want to see advanced Mm. oh well (laughs) this schism (laughs) well (laughs) 
I mean, uh, third-party publishers uh, like Transylvania Adventures and Tales from Fallen Empire. Somebody could could gladly do that. But uh, the the thing I most appreciate but appreciate about DCC RPG as a game is that it's specifically designed and written for uh, you know older guys like us who don't have a, as much time as we had when we were 18 and 24 to sit down and, and compose a game. Those adventures, you know, you can run them in a couple of sessions. The rules are really nice and light and tight. That's what I, that's what I like. That's the whole point of it to me. Yeah. I like just the, the one, one rule set and not worrying about, is there going to be another book that makes my current one obsolete or, you know, that shoot. I even respect the fact that for the most part on the Goodman game forums, you don't, necessarily get an official ruling on a rule because they're, they're guidelines there's not you know play it how you like it i, I think that's even cool so well i do yeah. want to i do want to back up and, and make the caveat that i understand there are people who always appreciate more crunch and look for it and 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 that's great it's i'm just expressing my personal taste uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not advocating it actually being as crunchy as Advanced Dungeons and dragons i would i wouldn't mind you know a bunch of more official classes and uh and then putting out like a basic box set that's a separate thing or something. That would be awesome. I've heard that idea kicked around somewhere. Yeah, I know the basic box set gets a fair amount of talk on the forums here and there. It'll crop up. It well, could be cool, maybe. I would love it because, uh, you know, I get approached by people that they, they're they like, oh, yeah, you're into games, Joe. Like, uh, I want to get, you know, a, some box set for my kid. What, what should I get them? And I'm like... Uh, I don't know. You should probably get them like a Menser box set. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like there's uh, like you know, what else is there? I have a friend who got DCC RPG and dropped it on their 14 year old daughter. She was starting to, uh, or 12, sorry, 12. She was starting to express an interest in games, and he had no compunction about uh, starting out right with DCC. I think that that's that's maybe even an accidental backfire from a game constructed for a older set of gamers with less discretionary time, you know, with like families and games and jobs and stuff, soccer games and stuff, is that uh, in our group, there's a nine-year-old playing. I mean, uh, it's very easy entry for youngsters. Yeah, the game definitely is has got an easy on-ramp. I mean, I, I can play with anybody. I play with my five-year-old, you know. I just tell her which, which one of those dies to roll, but yeah, she loves it. Yeah, and if you start out with the funnel, it's even easier just because, you know, there's not a whole lot of funny dice. There's not a lot. It's a very, like, it's almost like a ramp into the game because it's easy to get started and get hooked. And then it adds in the, okay, now you choose a class and things like that. So it's got some of it built in. I can see how the big book could be intimidating and a box set could be an interesting approach. Yeah, what you said applies to both sides of the screen, too. A funnel is much, much easier intro to judging, too. Yeah, yeah, because there's, yeah. Everybody's on the same crit table. Everybody's on the same fumble table. Yeah, it's a great way to learn that there's crit tables and fumble tables and how they work because everyone's on the same one, so you pick it up pretty quick. You don't have to worry about spells until you let them get their hands on that ring and uh, sailors under the Starless Sea. (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of which, I I saw a little, I can't really talk about, but I saw a little sneak preview of an expanded road crew um, program for next year. So they're really uh, Goodman Games. Looks like they're really going to, you know, amp up the Road Crew program next year. So stay tuned for that. It looks really cool. Crank it to eleven, dude. <laughs> it definitely, definitely. Maybe include online games next year. Yes, please. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. <laughs> that would be the ultimate live play cast. Is if you did like a spree cast and and your guys all got on camera and played, and people could just watch as it happened. Uh, it's only one check mark away. All I have to do is check on Hangouts on Air, and it would do it. But I don't know. 
we I, I edit that live <laughs> Sorry. actual play a bit. So I'm, I'm hearing Louis C.K. in my head now because I love that routine <laughs> he does where we're, we're living in the future and it's amazing and no one's happy. You know, you're, you're doing a fantastic podcast and I went straight to, well, here's how you could do it even more. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're totally fine. Just, I'm, I'm just thinking that one little checkbox could, oh, no, I don't think so. Well, how about we just talk a little bit about our personal favorites of this past year, like favorite adventures, favorite products, favorite in-game moments. I don't care. Anything. I mean, there was some good stuff that came out this year. Yeah, there was some good stuff. There's just, let's see. For me, looking at some of the adventures, lots of great adventures, and I've run adventures from Goodman Games and uh, Purple Duck Games and Purple Sorcerer and Thick Skull Adventures, but one that's really given me a lot of bang for the buck is uh, Blades Against Death, third level adventure, Goodman Games. Harley Stroh wrote that one, right? Job, yep, yep. Jim? Okay. Yep, yeah. And the biggest reason that one's been so much fun is because uh, I've been able to reuse, in fact, we're still using to this day pieces of uh, from that particular module. So even though we're, we've been done with the written adventure for months now, I still have components of that that, uh, coming up in a regular occurrence with our ongoing campaign. So, you know, going off the beaten path of the, the normal things I praise and stuff, uh, Blades Against Death has been a, a very solid, long-running adventure for uh, for my group. Job, your favorite thing, a favorite adventure, could even include one you you wrote. <laughs> Am I allowed to vote for my own adventures? I, I had a hell of a time playing it. <laughs> I'll save that for uh, later in the show when we get to one of these next items. But uh, let me think. Probably, you know, I, I'm still going to have to go with the, with the Goodman Games, uh, you know, their own adventures. I, I actually finally ordered a bunch of Purple Duck game stuff that, that should be arriving any day now. So, you know, I'm pretty biased. Like, I like to I like to have print products. So, I don't know. My, my favorite... Goodman Games uh, adventure so far has probably been People in the Pit, People of the Pit. I just really like that one. It's got some really cool stuff in it. And I just like this, like just the weird, I don't know, weird ideas really impress me. And I really like, there's just some weird stuff in there that Joseph Goodman wrote. Like, like there's these praying chambers that are negative space in rock of these like tentacles that move around so that if you... It's, it's kind of like a tunnel you climb into, but it's like shaped like a tentacle of negative space that moves around. And right, right. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I like really like weird stuff like that. So just And kinda... the cover. I love all oh, of those. Oh my God. Kovacs covers. I love all of them and they're yeah. all great. But every once in a while, he'll put something in one and the expressions on those poor adventurers' faces on the cover of the pe- People of the Pit is hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just <laughs> a great one. That's the look of characters about to be TPK. That's that's the look they get right <laughs> as their life is flashing in front of their eyes. Well, I wrote the show notes, and I realized partway through it was kind of stupid because I can't decide. There was just too much good stuff. And I'm like, no, what was your most fun you had? And the most fun I had playing one of the published adventures was Frozen in Time, hands down. And to some extent, for obvious reasons, because of the sort of homage to Expedition of the Barrier Peaks, which, again, is um, I love mixing the sci-fi and fantasy together. I don't want to do it all the time, but it was just fantastic fun, especially getting to play it at a convention with Michael Curtis running it himself. Um, It just blew our minds. But I, uh, if I had to pick a number two, it hasn't published yet, but we play test 
it's at the chain coffin. And I like that better than Frozen in Time because of the hex crawl in it. I can't get into details about it because it's not published. But we playtested that game, and they say you can never go home again. That adventure made me feel like it was 1979 again, and we were playing. It was just crazy. Crazy good. Have you guys cool. gotten a chance to playtest it? or I have not. I, you know, I haven't seen a copy yet. I I usually don't see them till later on, till it's just like, why did they add the editing problems? I can be a little more specific with you guys off air. I don't, I don't want to do that on air, but uh, good old fashioned, you know, hack and slash fun, you know, as you're trying to get from hex to hex. It was awesome. That's cool. I Sounds that fun. stuff. Yeah. So, uh, and, 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 and if I'm allowed a number three, my number three is going to be um, the one who watches from below. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm not, you know me, I don't kiss ass. It was just, I mean, it was fun. Okay. I, I, uh, I don't, I don't take, uh, <laughs> okay. Will you be quiet and I'll talk? <laughs> okay. Because, because it's not published yet, but it's, it's close. January? It's going to be February. February? Okay. I mean, inventive, crazy, some stuff I've never seen in any published, uh, fantasy RPG adventure before. And it comes with instructions for a completely new type of gameplay, a that was super sweet and inventive. And you don't have to say anything. You don't even have to say thank you. <laughs> no, I'm going to say thank you. Thanks. Joseph said that he thinks it's going to be a cl- like an instant classic. And like, that's how I feel. But then, I, you know, I don't want to talk it up too much because people will be like, ah, yeah, this is lame, whatever. But um, So that's two Michael Curtis adventures and, and one of yours, Job. And it fe- sounds like I'm leaving Harley out in the dark. But, I mean, we've, we've, all, we've all set Sailors of the Starless Sea up as the golden standard. So I'm just going to leave my worship of Harley's writing on left unsaid. Right, yeah, but he's got, didn't mean- he's got a baby now. We we all know Harley Stroh's old news. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, you're trying to provoke him into coming back on the show? Is that what we're doing? Harley who? <laughs> <laughs> I love it when those two get going on uh, Google Plus at each other. Yeah. Well, do we have anything else to say about things we loved in 2013? I mean, it, it was... Uh, Strong year. I mean, I, I've had fun with every DCC module I've run, whether it's been a Goodman Games or Purple Duck or Purple Sorcerer or whichever. So it's hard to go wrong choosing. It was hard to narrow down. And really, it was just the longevity that I got out of Blades Against Death that, that made me go that route. But you really can't go wrong. Great set of writers for all the products. It's hard to go wrong with any of the DCC products, in my opinion. I mean, let me uh, take a second and state the obvious. We started this podcast because of our love of this game, but I'm sure you guys are going to agree with this. For me, it's it's my love of the Dungeon Crawl Classics RPG is because this is the first time since D&D first started, I've had that feeling where I enjoyed something so much, I wanted to share it. I wanted to evangelize it. Back, I, I'm a little older than you guys, so I was a teenager when I ran into D&D, and nobody knew what it was. And the, and we were all on a mission from God at that point to share D&D with everybody we knew and get as many people into it as possible. And I haven't felt that way in 30 years. I've got that feeling again, which is why I'm like doing this podcast. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, I totally have that feeling. I just I just want to evangelize the system and, and get more people to play it. It seems like the more people that play it, just just sit down and play it, um, you know, they just fall in love with it like 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 we are. So, I've only gotten one person to try it who's rejected it. Every other person I've ever introduced to the game has embraced it and that was Glenn and Glenn's Glenn. So, what are you going to do about Glenn? He likes his uh, basic expert and his rule cyclopedia. Isn't he into like second edition? Yeah, yeah, second edition. Um, yeah, that's all I need to know. 
<laughs> Good enough, right? <laughs> that that's our sister podcast, Daco's Hammer. It's a fine podcast for those who enjoy their second edition AD and D. Just like the Windows operating system, it's a fine operating system for those who enjoy it. <laughs> Windows three point one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, we can have edition wars and OS wars. This is going to be great. <laughs> we'll get the forum started up. Well, the email bag's empty now, right? We got to say something. It is empty, so yeah, we might as well flame away. Yeah, say something controversial, uh, Jim. I just feel like snapping a group salute to Joseph Goodman, the Dark Master, because he masterminded this whole thing. We wouldn't be here talking about this stuff and doing a podcast if it wasn't for Joseph. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it's. Definitely a work of love to get it out there, and it it does strike all the right chords. Here, here. <laughs> He's your boss now. You have to say that. <laughs> oh man, no. <laughs> You're a minion of the Dark Master, sir. I I don't have a Goodman Games email address, so I don't care. I'll say whatever. Bite me, Goodman. <laughs> I'm just trying to work my way up from groupie to roadie. You're in. <laughs> uh, I guess so. Yeah. Okay, so my li- literally my favorite DCC RPG moment this year was uh, when I run, ran the one who watches from below uh, at Gen Con, <laughs> and with the esteemed J- uh, Jim Wampler, uh, Mister James Wampler, who uh, who took the entire party back in time uh, to try to uh, set right or, or uh, avoid a TPK. And uh, he was only partially successful, so I, you know, that was an amazing <laughs> moment. Thanks, Jim. I, I, we had a great time. <laughs> Resort to breaking the entire adventure to save everybody, and two thirds of them marched right back in to get TPK'd. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it was awesome. At least when we played that card at Origins, we didn't march right back into where we'd been. We took our <laughs> chance and got the heck out of there. No, every I don't know. You have to play Jeffrey, but everyone was like, "Yeah, we'll slide right back up. Let's get in there and see what we can do." <laughs> it was perfect, like you know, gambling holic thinking too. It's like, okay, we just almost we 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 just escaped a certain TPK, but now we know what's coming. We can take them this time. <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, thank you for that, sir. Uh, let's go to Patron Bond. Who are you? Your new lord and master. What orders from mortal, my lord? Oh, don't trouble. One thing I can't stand, it's people groveling. Go ahead. Patron Bond. So here we are in the cusp of a brand new year, 2014. Obviously, we're going to have James Carpio on the show to tell us about Tales from the, of the, Tales from the Fallen Empire in 2014. Yeah, I'm re- I'm really looking forward to that. I read some early copies, you know, versions of that, and uh, it it looks really good. You know, it, it's really cool that if you if you guys have flipped through the DCC RPG Core rulebook recently to see like you know all the s- advertisers in the back, like all of the all of the the promised things are finally happening. You know, and, and Tales from the Fallen Empire was one of those. It's got a fabulous cover. I haven't seen it yet. I'm looking forward to it. So what else is coming from Spellburn in 2014? We got halflings. We still got to talk about the halflings. Yeah, we've avoided that one so yeah. successfully so far, haven't we? We have. They're, they're fun. I've got one in my group, and it's they're neat little luck batteries. They can be a lot of fun. Or rolling balls of death in one of my games. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So halflings will finally uh, close out all the uh, the core classes. Hey, yeah, and then maybe then we can uh, look at some of the alternate classes that are popping up in various things. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's several out there. It would be cool to sort of take a peek at some of those too. And and the good ones, not the crap ones. Yeah. And so, you know, the other uh, thing that we should be looking forward to in 2014 is uh, we're finally going to do our advanced magic show. So stay tuned for that. Yep. Yeah, that's straight up my alley. I can't talk enough about magic system. Yeah, so we'll cover, you know, we'll probably touch on spell duels again, familiars, ritualized magic. Making potions, wands, and magic swords. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, I think that's an overlooked area is the making magic swords and potions and wands. So, yeah. That should definitely be in the advanced show. It's kind of cool that we waited because there are the rules that are in the core rule book. And now with Tales from the Fallen Empire and uh, Transylvania Adventures, there's some alternate rules you can also we can also talk about advanced magic. Yeah, definitely. And, of course, the big thing that's coming, and people ask us constantly, and it's not like we haven't asked, but uh, Joseph Goodman, the Dark Master himself, uh, will be on the show in 2014. Come hell or high water. Yes, we may have to spell burn some, but it will happen. Goodman is going to be on this <laughs> show. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean okay, now, now I got to be the nice lead host guy. I mean, we asked, and, and the guy is just busy, and he said, as soon as I'm not busy, and it just hasn't happened yet. Well, he said, as soon as I'm not busy, next year. So it's going to be next year soon. Yeah, yeah, it's next it year is. in a couple of weeks. So we'll have to call that marker in. Yeah, we can, we'll make it happen. We have, we've got an uh, you know twelve months to make sure that Joseph Goodman shows up on this show. Oh, it'll be sooner than that, surely. Yeah, I don't see it not happening. Well, okay. Anything else? Uh, well, you know, we have, we got some other things planned, but uh, I think I think you know that's a lot of stuff to look forward to in 2014. Yeah, I mean, even if it was just what we just talked about, that's a, a couple of months worth of episodes right there, and we'll think of new stuff as we go. And and you can always email us too, or you know, hit the forums to make suggestions what you'd like to see. Is you know, as we one thing to keep in mind is we get more people playing, we're apt to have you know recap shows or something like that where you know we cover some you know we can't forget about the new players to it too, even though we've been doing it now for a while. There's still always the new player aspect, so. I mean, at the risk of sounding sappy, I just want to thank everybody that listens to this podcast because, I mean, three guys who enjoy a game uh, talking about it amongst themselves all by itself would eventually get old. And that hasn't happened. And that's partly because of the listener reaction and feedback that uh, everybody that listens to the show gives us. I mean, the, the forums are always active. We always get emails. There's all the traffic on Google+. And that's what makes uh, doing this all worthwhile. So thank you guys for doing that. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. It's great. You, you hit some of the comment posts on the the uh, Spellburn site, and it's all you know. If you go more than a week without posting a show, it's all hey, I'm I'm you know I got the trimmers. Where's my show? So definitely cool. We appreciate all the feedback and uh, all the uh, positive comments and everything we're getting about it. And just keep it coming. If there's stuff you want to hear in the show, let us know, and we'll do our very best. Even when two thirds of us can't manage a live play podcast, one of us will come to the rescue. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> You got a 33.33% of having your request serviced. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Except in Wisconsin, your mileage may vary. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you. Thank you, everybody. We, I really appreciate it. And it's great to know that, you know, there's people listening. When we first started, you know, in the first month, I was just like, man, this takes a long time and nobody's listening to us. But it really feels good, you know, when we see how many subscribers we have now and, um, and you know all the the love that that people are are heaping on DCCRPG, and I'm glad to be part of it, and I'm I'm sure you guys are too. Absolutely. Yep. Definitely. So, 
goodbye 2013, hello 2014. I guess that'll wrap it up for the show. I'm getting tired of saying the same thing at every show. I'm going to make up something new for 2014. But one last time, I'll say, remember, never split the party unless the party's already split. Hide your virgins, (laughs) y'all. See you, everyone. See you in 2014. in association with d20radio.com. The Spellburn theme music is provided by the band Glitter Wizard. You can find them at glitterwizard.bandcamp.com. The Spellburn podcast is produced for entertainment purposes only. All other uses are prohibited. Emails and forum posts over four paragraphs in length are not normal, and you should immediately consult a physician. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Spellburn. Spellburn.